It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Well, how's that for a home field advantage? The Philadelphia Phillies hang seven on the Astros, shut them out in a homer party at Citizens Bank Park and take a 2-1 lead in the World Series. Wow, did that really happen? We'll break it all down on today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, this is indeed Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Been talking Phillies baseball for years over on 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio. Happy to be here with you now as your host of Locked On Phillies. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We are indeed free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on YouTube, the Odyssey app, all of that good stuff. What a night it was last night. I literally have issues bending my pointer finger now because I was high-fiving my buddies who I watched the game with so much that I hurt my hand. That's how many home runs the Philadelphia Phillies hit last night. A 7 to nothing win over the Houston Astros at home against Lance McCullers and that heavy breaking ball he throws. Just an incredible, incredible performance. The Astros got four hit in that game last night. Four hit. Ranger Suarez was outstanding on the mound. Bryce Harper goes yard again. Alec Bohm goes yard. Brandon Marsh goes yard. Kyle Schwarber goes yard. Reese Hoskins goes yard. It was a homer party at Citizens Bank Park. And one of these was a cheapie. Brandon Marshall was only 358 feet. But Harper's was a 400-foot bomb. 373 from Bohm. 443 from Schwarber, an absolute nuke. 374 from Hoskins. Outside of the Marsh one, those other ones are bona fide major league home runs. And now you got the Philadelphia Phillies up 2-1. to in the World Series. It was awesome. There's so many storylines from last night's game. I don't even know where to begin. You know what? Let's start with the homers. Why not? And let's start with what it does to the Houston Astros and the Houston Astros fan base mentally. I saw a lot of stuff going around over the past couple of days as we had the postponed game three, as we had the off day in between game two and what was supposed to be game three. A lot of tweets, a lot of comments. We even took some phone calls over at 97.5 The Fanatic. 
about how, um, yeah, well, this Astros team, they're battle-tested. Uh, they've gotten all the comments about the cheating scandal back in 2016, 2017, like all that that whole time frame when they were dealing with the backlash from that and their World Series victory. <laughs> and, oh, the Dodgers were mean to them. And, oh, we just beat the Yankees. No, oh, the Mariners had a pretty loud stadium. And I don't mean to uh, throw ricochet shots at any of those fan bases. Uh, some good fan bases there that Houston has gone through. Philadelphia is paramount. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how this works. And the tweets I saw were that uh, basically that the advantage that the Phillies have had over other teams is not going to matter against Houston because they've been there before. No, you haven't been here before, though. You actually haven't been here since the cheating scandal, and you have no idea what Philadelphia has in store for you. Now you have a little bit of a taste of what this fan base brings to this team. A lot of people, and people always do this, you know, when a player gets traded, when a player retires, when a team's season ends, you'll see their social media account tweeted out. Thank you to the best fans in baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, whatever the sport is. Thank you to the best fans on the planet. And I firmly believe they believe that when, I don't know, the Minnesota Twins tweet that out or when the San Jose Sharks tweet that out or when the Denver Nuggets tweet that out. I I firmly believe that when, I don't know, the Jacksonville Jaguars tweet that out, they believe that their fans are the best in the world. But I'll tell you what reality is. The best fans on the face of the planet are here in Philadelphia. They're the most impactful, especially when it comes to October or November baseball. Citizens Bank Park is a different environment. And now Houston knows what they're getting into when they come here to play. Now, am I saying that those home runs were a result of the crowd? No. Did they factor in Lance McCullers getting absolutely blasted? Maybe. Uh, there was talk about him tipping his pitches. Now, some interesting theory here I'm going to get into real quick. The, the Lance McCullers pitch tipping theory. There was a video that surfaced on Twitter and made its way around social medias that it looked like he wasn't lifting his front leg. So not his drive leg, but uh, his front leg when he did his leg kick He was lifting it lower on fastballs, lifting it higher for off-speed. He throws predominantly off-speed, so if you're picking that up, well, you can hunt a fastball and take advantage there, or you can just sit on the breaking ball and not have to worry about the change of speed. That's one theory. There's another theory I heard. Uh, We talked to Buster Olney this morning on the John Kincaid show on 97.5 The Fanatic, and he had developed a theory along with some other people he was talking to that maybe Bryce Harper, when he called Alec Bohm over. Bryce, of course, we all saw it on the telecast last night, hits the monster home run to put the Philadelphia Phillies up 2-0 in the bottom of the first. First swing of Bryce Harper's night. First pitch he saw. And then immediately when he gets back to the dugout, calls over Alec Bohm, who is on deck following Nick Castellanos, and has a short conversation with him, clearly pointing out something about what he saw when he was up there. Now, Buster only said that there was a theory out there that Bryce Harper wasn't telling him anything. It was gamesmanship to make the Astros think that they had something figured out about McCullers. I don't know if I believe that. I also don't know if I believe that McCullers was tipping his pitches, and after the game, he said that he wasn't. He just got whooped. That was that was his uh, his wording was whooped. So I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I think my guess would just be. He didn't have a great night. He wasn't locating his breaking ball. The Phillies were sitting on it, and they frankly had a really, really good approach at the dish. Maybe there's a combination of some of that other stuff in there. Who knows? But 
They took advantage, and the offense was tremendous. It was wild that they hit so many home runs and like very few hits outside of home runs. Just absolutely swinging for the fences. And last night was the paramount, maybe more so than any other game. They could win these next two games 10 to nothing and win the World Series in five. And last night still might be the paramount thing that Dave Dombrowski points to when he says, when I built this team, that was what it was for. To have like Let me see how many hits they had exactly in the game. Let me get you the right number. To have a seven-hit game and win seven to nothing because you hit five home runs. That's why you get Kyle Schwarber. That's why you get Nick Castellanos. That's why Reese Hoskins is still here. That's why Bryce Harper was originally signed. It's just ball go boom mentality, and we've heard that all year from him. So love that. But I'll tell you what they didn't totally account for is the performance that Ranger Suarez gave them last night. He was outstanding, even if some people did think he got pulled a bit early. Five innings pitched, no earned runs, four strikeouts, one walk. Just really, really, really good stuff from Ranger Suarez in a game where he allowed, listen, it's only three hits, 76 pitches, 48 for strikes, attack the zone. Then Connor Brogdon shuts the door. Kyle Gibson comes in out of the pen for his first work in a while. Scoreless inning, one hit. Nick Nelson, scoreless inning, no hits. Andrew Bellotti closes the door, scoreless inning, one strikeout. The Phillies bullpen that we were all somewhat worried about at points this postseason are definitely in this season. Zero ERA in the World Series. And Ranger Suarez was just poised last night. That's a young player who had a rough start previously in his last last outing. And, well, now you're looking at a situation where he wipes it, he bounces back, he's cool, calm, collected Ranger, and he gives you an opportunity to go up 2-1 in the World Series, and the Phillies offense takes advantage. It was great work by him. The rain delay significantly helped out. Who knows how different that game is if Noah Syndergaard's on the mound. And that's not a knock to Noah Syndergaard. That's just saying Ranger Suarez was pretty darn close to perfect last night. And that was pretty close to a perfect game by the Philadelphia Phillies last night. About as good as you can beat a team, and it's not even as good as they can beat a team. They only had seven hits. They can pour on a lot more than that. It was just a homer party, and you love to see it. And the homer is like the slam dunk in basketball. Still counts the same. Solo homer counts for one run. Uh, A bunt with the bases loaded can count for one run. But when you see that slam dunk in basketball, even though it still counts for two points, something about the momentum changes, especially when it's for the home team. And that's what last night was, a momentum builder. It was absolutely beautiful and dominant and everything we expected from the first home World Series game since 2009. Oh, man, I still can't believe it happened. I could talk about that game forever. Fact of the matter is, I'm going to tell you what I tell the Sunday softball team I play with as I'm walking up and down the dugout screaming at them like madmen, not in an angry way, in a motivated way because I take it way too seriously, and so do all day. We're a very competitive team, play for money, all that, but uh, that game doesn't matter anymore. It's wiped. We got to play another one. Can't keep those runs. Can't keep that performance. Don't even act like you're going to keep that momentum. Build your own momentum. Go out and crush them again. Wipe it like it never happened and attack it the same exact way tonight. That's what the Phillies have to do. And coming up next, we're going to discuss just how they'll do that against one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball in Christian Javier. We'll talk about it coming up next on the next segment of Locked on Phillies. Well, Lance McCullers rotation or or pitching motion or whatever you want to call it is motion is probably the right word, but I'm just going with it because I messed up. Lance McCullers motion might need a radical uh, reinvention. Can't even read. I'm so hyped up about the Phillies. But I'll tell you what also 
just has had a radical reinvention already from our friends over at Rome. And that's the dress shirt. It was due for it, right? You know how uncomfortable dress shirts can be, right, guys? They're the worst. The buttons are always too tight at the top. You can't move. There's no breathability. You can't do anything in a dress shirt. All you can do is walk around like a robot to your desk job and uh, feel like you're the most unathletic, constricted, like uncomfortable person on the planet. It's the worst, right? Well, check out what my friends at Roan have done. Their new commuter shirt, it's absolutely awesome. It's the most comfortable, breathable, flexible shirt known to man, known to aliens, known in this universe. And here's why. Well, Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric, that's the movable part. That's the comfortable. That's the flexible part. It's easy to look good, too. Yeah, trust me, this stuff sounds comfortable, looks sharp. You don't get that very often. You can't wear sweats to the office. This basically feels like you're wearing sweatpants, a sweatshirt. That's how comfortable this is. It's wrinkle-free, so you don't have to worry about the irons or anything like that. The wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear it. There's gold fusion anti-odor technology, so you're smelling good. Can't be the smelly guy at the office. Come on. You don't even have to worry about it with Roan's commuter shirt. It's got everything. So you want to smell good? You want to look good? You want to feel good? Be comfortable? Have a better day? Work better at your job? Your wife loves you more? All the girls want you if you're single? You're probably the MVP of your softball team or work league or whatever you have. And it's all because of Roan's commuter shirt. If you haven't tried it, you could be that guy. Go ahead and get it and check it out. And the best part, well, here's what we're going to do. You go to Roan.com slash locked on. That's R-H-O-N-E.com slash locked on. And you'll save 20% off your entire order. Just use that promo code. So go there, Roan.com backslash locked on. That's all it is. 20% off your entire order. It's time to find your corner office comfort with Roan. Woo! What an read. I just get fired up about dress shirts. Sorry if that ran a little bit long. But uh, hopefully my friends over at Roan will be pleased with it. And hopefully you'll be pleased with the commuter shirt that they put out. It's awesome. So let me tell you about something else real quick. Uh, as always, thanks for making Locked On Phillies your first listen. Check out Locked On Sports today. They're still running a bunch of the good stuff that I did for them with the World Series, everything like that. They're going to have up-to-date uh, breaking news on all the biggest stories in sports. You can find it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out my friends over at Locked On Sports today. It's an awesome show. Keeps you up-to-date on all of the biggest news in the world of sports. All right. Well, hey, it's time to preview game two. And it's a story of potential redemption. It's also a story of an underrated, dangerous pitcher. And that is an Aaron Nola matchup, the redemption part, against, oh man, Javier. Javier, Javier. Christian Javier is a guy that maybe a lot of Phillies fans don't know. You may not be familiar with his work because, frankly, he's overshadowed by names like Verlander and McCullers and Framber Valdez. Uh, plenty of other good arms in that Houston Astros system, not even to mention the Houston Astros major league roster and their bullpen and everything. Here's what he's done in, in the 2022 season. He's got an 11, nine record, which is eh, records are records. Who cares? But at 25 years old, he posted a two, five, four ERA, 194 strikeouts and a 0.95 whip. He has one of the best whiff percentages in baseball. The swing and miss percentage on this guy is incredible. He's really, really good at throwing the ball by people. Now, the Phillies are a team that's in the past have had issues with big strikeout pitchers because they're guys like we just talked about and how they won game three that try to hit home runs pretty often. So you got to look to take advantage of some pitches early. But the good news about Christian Javier, if you're a more conventional hitter, 
in the Phillies lineup. You're looking at a guy that throws fastball about 60% of the time, slider about, I don't know, 22% of the time, and then the rest he's got a curveball and a changeup as well. But you're basically looking fastball slider. That's much more conventional than Framber Valdez, who's mainly off-speed for the left side, Lance McCullers, who's mainly off-speed from the right side. So you get back to your regular approach of hunting fastballs, and you're going to see it about 60% of the time. Adjust to the breaking ball, the regular baseball approach, what everyone feels more comfortable with. The other thing that's big about Javier, he's a righty, which means you're going to have your best lineup out there. No disrespect to Matt Beerling. No disrespect to Edmundo Sosa. No disrespect to anybody who normally plays against the left-handed pitchers. But when the Phillies have the lineup that is Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, J.T. Romito, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, Gene Segura, Brandon Marsh, that is their best lineup. That is their World Series winning lineup. That is the one that they want to throw out on the field when they are at their best. And against the righty Christian Javier, they can comfortably do that. Is it going to be an easy task tonight? No. I mean, you heard that. 194 Ks, that's impressive. 0.95 whip, less than a base runner in inning. Yeah, that's going to be tough to uh, tough to battle with. Here's what's up, though. Aaron Ola, pretty darn good, too. He's had two rough starts in a row. His last start against the San Diego Padres was not great. His opening game of this series start against the Astros, despite the Phillies winning that game, also not great. <laughs> yeah. You can say that again. The 5-0 early lead that the Houston Astros had, less than ideal, even though the Phillies came back to win it. So Nola is looking at redemption a little bit. Now, I will say this, and I will die on the hill. And partially it's because I love Aaron Nola, and he's one of my favorite players on this team, and I've defended him for years now, even when he didn't deserve defending at points. And he's proving me right down this stretch. And whatever happens tonight, He's still done amazing things for this team in the postseason to get them into the postseason down the stretch in September. But a lot of fans are going to define him by his last start of the year. And this is most likely his last start of the 2022 season, his last chance to make a significant mark, maybe a bullpen in game seven, maybe a start in game seven on short rest. If it gets there, who knows? But if this series goes shorter than that, this is probably his last appearance of the year. Burn it out. Throw them 90 pitches, and hopefully that gets you 2-7 through 7. We've seen him go deep before. We've seen him go deep before against this Houston Astros team. Remember, he still has that 6-2 and thirds perfect against this Houston Astros team from when the Philadelphia Phillies were trying to get in back on October 3rd and did get in. So he has confidence against this team. I'll tell you what else is great for Aaron Nola. Just so much better at home, so much more comfortable at home. You can just tell the demeanor is different when you look at his home versus away splits. It's just a totally different game when it comes to Aaron Nola. And I'm going to bring up those splits for you right now so that we can actually look at it. And it's not going to be as clear as you'd imagine. Actually, the ERA is higher at home, which, yeah, that doesn't seem to lend to my point, right? Here's the thing. K's lower at home. More home runs, give it up at home. More walks at home. More earned runs at home. Here's where he's a little bit better, though. He's given up about 20 less hits at home. I think it's just really the ballpark. 
Citizens Bank Park is a much tougher place to play than your average Major League ballpark. And it kind of messes with the splits when it comes to show who's better at home, who's on the road. You can't affect that. Everybody's got to play in the ballpark, but the Phillies offense is going so well. Here's where I think the home field advantage really helps. And we saw it in the series against uh, the Atlanta Braves. (sighs) Aaron Nola is a guy that mentally, and you can't tell from his expression, but mentally, he determines how he's going to pitch. He's always got the talent. He had it in 2019, 2020 when he was struggling, 2021 when he was struggling, and he had it in 2018 when he was in the Cy Young conversation. He had it down the stretch this year. He's always had the talent. It's a lot of up top for Aaron Nola. It's a lot of up here, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because mentally when he's going good, that's fine. If you can control it, but he doesn't have to control it in this game. He has the home crowd to control it for him. They're going to have his back. You, if you're going to the game, are going to have his back, and that's a huge difference. That matters more than any stats on paper, and last night should have showed you that with the record-breaking offensive performance the Phillies put together. And, oh, by the way, the shutout that they pitched against the Houston Astros with their B squad coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, this crowd makes a difference, and Aaron Nola pitching at home is huge. Now, the game's more than the pitching matchup, and we'll see what the lineups are coming up a little bit later, but we have a general idea. It's going to be the same guys. Righty's on the mound again. Hey, let's go to work. Our lineup's better than theirs. Our pitcher's better than theirs. Firmly believe that, and the best part is our fan base is better than theirs. It's time to go take a 3-1 series lead. Coming up next, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about just a short segment on probable pitchers the rest of the way depending on how everything goes. And an interesting thing I've been hearing about Zach Wheeler. We'll discuss that as we wrap up today's Locked on Phillies. Okay, so there's some troubling stuff going on with Zach Wheeler. And the first kind of red flag was Rob Thompson very firmly stating that in game five, Noah Syndergaard will get the ball as the starter. I still don't firmly believe that. I'm like 75% leaning his way. But 25% of me says... If tomorrow's an elimination game, you could see Zach Wheeler. Another part of me is saying, hey, Zach Wheeler might be the actual starter, not the starter, but they may use Noah Syndergaard as an opener to get through two, three innings tomorrow and then have Zach Wheeler already into the third inning where he can impact the game a little bit more in a shortened stint. Or they could be saving him for game six. Or they could be pushing him for game seven and just hoping they don't have to use him. There's something weird going on with Zach Wheeler, whether it's a re-aggravation of the injury that had him on the injured list late in the regular season. But his velocity was down in the start in game two that the Philadelphia Phillies lost and he looked really bad in. I just, something's off. And the extra rest will definitely help him. But I also believe, I firmly believe that, His velocity is down over the course of a start. If he was asked to go ahead and get three outs or go ahead and get six outs in an elimination game tomorrow where the Phillies have a chance to clinch and you get to like the ninth inning and you have righties coming up and you're like, okay, eight, nine, one, and you're going to see like Altuve uh, up at the top. I firmly believe Wheeler would be able to do that. So maybe that's the use. Maybe he's uh, potentially a guy that comes out of the pen. Uh, Who knows? I think that's part of the reason why Ranger Suarez got pulled so early in last night's game, though, because they know that Zach Wheeler is not totally available to them right now and not available to throw long. So the sooner they could get Suarez out and get away with it, the better 
for the back end of the series when they may have to use him in different roles. We've already seen him out of the pen once in this series in game one. We saw him in the clinching game against the Padres. So uh, it's, it's troubling that all signs are pointing to them not trusting Zach Wheeler to make a full start. The velocity being down, the fact that he got hit around last time, it's all not good. Here's what I'll say. Zach Wheeler's been a pretty solid pitcher in big moments for this team since they acquired him via free agency. I'd imagine he has the the constitution to rise to the occasion. People do incredible things in big moments. Just look at what Bryce Harper's doing right now. He's the best player on planet Earth. I believe if Zach Wheeler was called upon for Game 5 in any capacity, he'd be ready. Same for Game 6, same for Game 7. Just a little bit troubling. So here's what I'd imagine is going to happen most likely. Not necessarily what I would do, but what's most likely. Nola's obviously going to throw tonight. You get as much out of him as you can. Tomorrow, I think Syndergaard is the starter. I think it's 50-50 whether or not we see Wheeler out of the bullpen. And that 50-50 will lean one way or another determining or depending on the outcome of tonight's game. If Wheeler doesn't throw tomorrow, I do believe he's going to start game six. And then it's all hands on deck for game seven. Could be Ranger Suarez on short rest. Could be a bullpen game. Who, who knows? But that's what my guess would be for the pitching setup the rest of the way. It's not ideal, but hey, not much about this Philadelphia Philly season is. They're still up 2-1 in the series. They've got a chance to go up 3-1. They've got a chance to close the series out at home. Feeling pretty darn good about where the Phillies are right now. And that's all for today's Locked On Phillies. I want to thank you for making Locked On Phillies your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen. I'll tell you again, Locked On Sports today, a lot of good stuff about the World Series, the breaking news in sports, all that good stuff. Check out their work on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. And um, I'm going to talk to you tomorrow, hopefully, with a 3-1 lead in the World Series and a clinching game to look forward to. Got to take care of business tonight first, though. And that'll be in the hands of Aaron Nola, a strong Phillies lineup, Rob Thompson, and 46,000 of our closest friends. Make it loud today if you're going down to the ballpark. Let Houston hear you. It's time to take over for this series. I'll talk to you tomorrow on the next Locked On Phillies. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 